Live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, Le Engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control, emotional support, and overall good guy. Huh. Good time together. <laughs> emotional support co-host. Yes, emotional support co-host. Um, we're broadcasting live from the Adafruit factory here in downtown Manhattan. That's what you see behind us. This is the Wonderland, the Candyland, Willy Wonka's factory, whatever you want to call it, where we do all the electronic manufacturing, kitting, testing, shipping, videoing, sterilizing, coding, and photoing, and more. Yep. Uh, we've got an exciting show for you today. We've got an hour of all the news and goodies and updates and more from the maker engineer hacking community. Uh, yeah, let's see. You want to kick it right off? Yeah. Let's see what's what are we up to on best, tonight's best show? Best hour of the week for us. The code is notable. We'll talk about why the code is notable a little bit later. But the code is notable. Ten percent off in the Adafruit store all the way up to eleven fifty nine p.m. for anything that's in stock. Um, I'll leave it up till midnight tonight. Since notable. folks have why is it notable? Why is it notable? You'll find out. Hmm. Talk about some of our Adafruit live shows, including Show and Tell. We got time travel, looking world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, news, a bunch of stuff, and more. Help wanted. It's job job postings from our jobs board. Um, really good one tonight. And don't forget, go to jobs.adafruit.com. Post up your jobs or post up your skills, and you can get a great gig from, I think, one of the more popular maker jobs board out mm, there. Yep. Main York City factory footage. The stuff we manufacture here. 3D printing. Ion MPI. Yay. New products. New, 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 new. Top secret, where uh, we show some things that maybe aren't out yet, or maybe they are, or maybe it's behind the scenes. Who knows? Okay. All right. Answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 30,000 of us over there. Oh, we finally hit 30K. Yeah. Yeah, toss your questions over on Discord. We'll answer them at the end of the show. Yeah. All right. All that and more on, you guess it, ask an engineer. Okay. All right, so that's some stuff that's going on. Um, let's uh, start off with um, just some news and more. Um, since we're here in New York City, a uh, little bit of a COVID update, what's going on. Uh, this is mostly for people who maybe run businesses. Um, we've always shared all of our protocols and all the things that we do here. Yeah. And what we're starting to see out there in our microcosm is people are getting infected after they've been vaccinated. Yep. It's mostly folks that are around unvaccinated people, uh, households or more that some family members or other folks didn't choose to get vaccinated. And these breakthrough infections, while they're not severe, they're happening. And uh, so far, you know, we don't have an outbreak here at Adafruit, but there are uh, a couple team members that are quarantining. They're fine. Um, we're vaccinated. And they're doing good, and this is one of the reasons to get vaccinated because it would have been a lot worse. So that's going on. In the next 30 days, New York is doing the um, pass. Vaccine, yeah. yeah, you have to do the proof of vaccination. Yep. So even um, restaurants like one block away from Adafruit or uh, venues or pretty much pretty much anything. Um, it's not just like oh, it's only going to be like concerts or something. It's pretty much. It's pretty much anywhere where people go. So what we're advising our team is there's three different apps that you can use right now. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the vaccination card. Yeah. So it can always show a vaccination card. Yep. Put it in a nice holder. Don't laminate it because you might need a booster or something later. Seems to be the, the, the trajectory for that. 
And then um, the other things that you could do, uh, there's apps on iOS and Android. One is basically just a camera app and it just takes a, a photo of your vaccination yeah. card. There's no like data storage, it's literally Nothing. just, it's like so, a camera roll for one photo. Yeah, so we're starting, uh, personally, we're starting with that. And yeah. if, if, if there's more that's needed or the, the card, whatever, we'll do that. And then there's the Excelsior Pass and Excelsior Pass Plus, and those are connected to the database where it has a list of people that have been vaccinated. You put in your information. And uh, no, the data is already in the database. Like you don't, you're not uploading your data to a database. It's already in the state database. Nobody has a positivity result or a vaccination without it being entered into like some database somewhere. It, it is being yeah. logged. Um, that's just part of the deal. I, I get it. They want to keep track of, of how many people have been vaccinated. Um, but the pass lets you pull that data back down um, if you prove your identity. Yeah. So uh, we're starting off with... Uh, oh, what's this thing doing? Well, I don't know what's going on here. Why is it firing off? I don't know. Uh-oh. We'll turn it back on in a we'll bit. We'll do that later. Um, the, uh, the web camera over there is tired. No, it's the thing that runs the entire internet. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, that's what's going on here. We'll continue to give updates. That's what's going on. And hopefully we can continue to get through this. Um, it feels very much like we're back to square one in a lot of ways. We are and we aren't, you know, having gone to, you know, the, we went, went to the city meeting. I won't go through the whole thing, but, you know, basically the city just, they really don't want to go through another third wave because um, it gets cold in the winter in New York. People are indoors and we've had, you know, we had a massive, massive spike um, in the U.S. and in New York last winter. We really don't want to do that again. It's really hurtful no. for schools, for businesses, for restaurants, um, for everybody, for people's yeah, mental health. Uh, people can't visit family uh, or they're scared to visit family. Um, if Thanksgiving and Christmas roll around and we're still doing this, it's going to be a real bummer. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, and then just, you know, some advice for folks that might be dealing with this. There's people that I know. They, were, um, they, they needed some support to make the decision to get vaccinated and I found that if you spend time with people you provide resources um, I'm going with someone uh, to get vaccinated later on this week and uh, no big deal because they just probably need another person just to make sure they get there and back and they're gonna be okay and that's what I'm I'm gonna do and I think um, if you if you're frustrated about what's going on um, in the U.S. or parts of the U.S., uh, the only thing you can kind of do right now, and this is just how I process it, is uh, help one person at a time. And that's what I'm doing. So we'll see how that goes, um, but that is what we're doing because I figure if I can help at least one person at a time, and so far uh, have been able to, um, that might be dozens later um, who are more protected. So anyways, right, let's keep moving on. So that's the latest. Okay, um, so let's uh, mention the code. Notable. Notable, that's the code. 10% off. Yeah. Just about everything in the Adafruit shop. And they get free stuff. And you also get free stuff. $99 or more, you get a free Promo Proto half-size breadboard, a great way to take your breadboard projects and solder them in to make them permanent. 149 or more, you get one of a variety of different STEMIQT sensor or breakout or development boards. Uh, we are cycling these out as we can get some chips and not others, but we still have a majority in stock. And if you make an account, we'll give you a different one each time. 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. And 299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, our favorite development board. It's so round, it's so shiny, it's got all the sensors built in. No yeah. soldering required for you to get started immediately with Arduino. 
Code.org, CS Discoveries, MakeCode, or CircuitPython as well. Some other Rust, TinyGo. And others, yes, I think even MicroLisp. Yeah. Uh, it's great because everything's built in. Don't have to do any soldering. Just plug it in and you're ready to rock. All right, we have a whole bunch of shows. Uh, show and Tell just wrapped up. Special thank thanks you. to Katni and JP. Thank you, thank you, Who ran thank the show you. and tell. They thank were the you. guest thank hosts you. this thank week. You, thank you, thank you. Watch it on all the social media places and more. There's folks still chatting um, in, the, in the chat right now. Uh, Sundays we do Desk of Lady Ada. This week, part one of Desk of Lady Ada was... I showed off this board that took me like four days to route. I've never spent so long on a board. Usually I route a board in like, you know... Maybe an hour, maybe yeah. two. This These was are easily LED glasses that were easily on. an eight-hour route, and then um, which, but I got it done. Got done six-six mil, and uh, the next thing is uh, I showed off uh, the great some other boards that I, I was trying to send off and I couldn't get parts, which led into the great search. Yeah, so the great search we do this with DigiKey every single week, and this is a handy series because it's really hard to get parts. This so, is the perfect. It was perfect timing. We came up yeah. with this. So. The chip I was talking about today was uh, the LC709203 lithium-ion battery monitor chip um, that I designed into a lot of boards because it was inexpensive and easy to use and plentiful, and that was the before times. And so, you know, I showed one thing I'm doing, which is changing the package from the TDFN to the BGA version, so that'll let me at least keep the designs going. But then I was like, look, I have to find another alternative chip, one that isn't, you know, end of line, one that's available, one that is affordable. And we went through and actually showed a bunch of chips that were not going to be available to be purchased until like 2022, 2022, and uh, like mid-2022. And so I was like, look, you know, these are good chips. They're affordable. They're, they're nicely designed. But I'm not going to be able to buy them for a year. I can't use that. And so we kept going until we found a chip that is affordable it does what i want as it and is in stock so it's no longer you know just one or two things now you have to have all three things um you know the right functionality the right performance the right price and you can actually buy it that's the world we live in now that's a great search all right so we also do jp's product pick of the week every tuesday broadcasting live from the product page and that's where we do a discount of the product we're talking about. And you don't have to put any discount code because it's automatically applied. And it's great. You can get up to half off of whatever product he picks. Yeah. Uh, you just be fast. Uh, we have a limit of, like, I think, 10 or so per customer. But, uh, you know, we, we try to mix it up so there's some good stuff. Yeah. Always popular products. All right. So this is this week's recap for Product Pick of the Week from JP. Product Pick of the Week. It is the Adafruit Pie Badge. We have this cool little Asteroids game that uh, Todd Kurt just created and posted. Uh, and you can see this is using wave playback on the audio. Uh, and we have the nice little uh, thrust and fire action going on there. So those are wave playback, which is really straightforward to do inside of CircuitPython. Uh, very straightforward. You can also see we've got some NeoPixels on the bottom there that light up when we hit an asteroid or when I, uh, when I hit one with a projectile. There we go, you can see that goes yellow or blue when I crash into one. Pie badge. It's designed to be worn as a badge. I added a little bit of uh, cord here so that I could hang it from my board. You could also make a lovely little uh, bracelet or uh, handheld with it or wearable. Uh, so that's gonna do it. I'm gonna hang that from my pegboard. All right, and then don't forget on Thursdays we have John Park's workshop and at John Park's workshop, what you can expect is the CircuitPython Parsec segment, where we do a little bit of 
Well, how long is a parsec? By the way, like a, you, you this name two was, minutes and fourteen seconds. That's one parsec. Um, for us, it is. Okay. It's uh, it's an international measurement of ADA or something. Okay, good. Um, but that's how long this video is. All right, take it away. <laughs> For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I wanted to look at how you can time an event in CircuitPython to figure out how long it took. So what you can see here is a little demo I have. It's a Feather RP2040 with a sharp memory display connected to it. And I'm running here a modified version of some particle code that our good friend Todd Bot wrote. Uh, and you can see here, I'm listing the number of particles that are in the simulation or, or in the screen right now. And I'm also listing the frames per second, the frame rate that this is running at. What's important is that we've imported the time library. Once you have the time library imported, you can do things like this. I can set a variable called start time to equal time monotonic, which is the exact moment when you ask it. You get a unique time that's essentially a ticker that's been counting up since this, uh, since this board came online. New variable called elapsed time equals time monotonic minus that start time. So this is gonna tell me how much time has gone by. Then I'm doing a little bit of math to convert this to frames per second. This FPS is an integer based on one divided by the elapsed time. Uh, and then I'm just printing that into the serial port. So you can see here, these are taking about uh, 0.1 to 0.2 seconds, which equates to about six or seven frames per second. Uh, and what we can do now is we can for fun, go in here and adjust the number of uh, squares in the simulation. So I'm gonna change this num squares. Let's, uh, let's save this. It's gonna restart. When this starts up, you can see it's running at about one, two frames a second. It's actually slower when those are all clumped together. I am not sure why. Uh, and now it's getting up to maybe four frames a second. So you can see the difference when we had 100, we were, we were going quite a bit faster. Uh, so. That is one way that you can time how long an event takes inside of CircuitPython. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. All right, then on Fridays, we got Deep Dive. It's got 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, where you can learn all about everything CircuitPython, all the things that go into it, how it's made. I think it's probably one of the few shows that um, brings you along the process of developing an entire, not not operating system, but what would you what would you call CircuitPython at this point? Because it's, it runs it runs on lots of different. It things. is, in a sense, a, a, an RTOS. It's it's a RTOS development environment, um, but it's kind of weird because it's a language, but it's also a very like deep underpinning that kind of makes everything happen at the right time. Yeah, it's cool. I'd, I'd say like yeah, it's an RTOS embedded RTOS yeah. language. The, the best way I could describe it, uh, or this the, the, this show and and kind of the things that we do at Adafruit is, imagine being able to tune into um, the software team that works on Mac OS. Like, okay, we're going to do this feature, and they're talking about it and why they made these decisions, or whatever. That's what this is like. So, yeah. um, always a good time to tune in, and there's lots of things you can do to participate with CircuitPython. And Ask questions. Yeah, we go over all that stuff and more. All right, so next up, time travel. Um, time travel, I got to do a couple of things for time travel this yeah. week. First one is we do a daily stand-up meeting in the shipping department, and uh, Lady Ada and I are there, and I got challenged to a waste paper basketball tournament, and I lost, so I have to congratulate Johnny for winning. 
and Johnny's now on the show, and I'm doing a blog post too. Um, I came close, but um, Johnny is a superior yeah, not player. That, not that close. I came pretty close. Um, I mean, also, it's a bad look if I won, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick with that. So, anyways, congratulations, Johnny. Next up, time travel. Uh, Phil B has a really neat video, and we're gonna try to do more of these. This is like history of some of the prototypes. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Take it this away, Phil B. There's several books on Apple's industrial design and prototypes. It's not surprising. A lot of these ideas are just neat. But also, Apple doesn't have customers, they have fans. And like music fans who want to hear every B-side and bootleg, fans want to see these prototypes. Well, hey, I know another electronics company with fans, and I happen to have some prototypes here. Here's three of four revisions of the Adafruit Monster Mask board from the first revision A through the final shipping revision D. And Lamore added that boopable nose like five minutes before this went to the PCB fabricator. Magtag, on the other hand, nearly identical. Uh, the power switch moved and the final one got a light sensor. And Pi Gamer was a months-long ordeal. We were trying to use the D-pad from a Game Boy, and it turns out that doesn't work with a laser-cut enclosure. We tried and tried, and that's why the final version has an analog joystick. Okay, next up, the Halloween Hack Fest is now live. You, Halloween starts in August. It never goes away. Um, but well, it kind of like re-ups itself. DigiKey and Hackaday has teamed up. Um, I guess I should, always have to do disclosures and stuff. I, I started Hackaday. I have nothing to do with this. We're partners with DigiKey. We think it's fun, and we're just helping to promote it. Yeah, anyways. These are, the cool, these are the three coolest electronic companies. Yeah? I, I mean... I'm yeah. kind of I'm kind of doing the same thing, you know. It's just yeah. like Hackaday is supposed to celebrate and uh, have ways for people to build and share stuff. We do that with Adafruit. I did that with Megan. And to me, this is just like a perfect combination of all things I really like. Digikey, Hackaday, Adafruit. Yeah. Halloween. Anyways, so if you go to Hackaday.com, um, it's the I think the lead story on there up at the top. Get all the details. You can enter. There's a bunch of prizes. It is good. You probably get extra credit if you use Adafruit Just stuff. Just do gothy, cool, creepy stuff. Yeah. You love it anyways. Get okay. something free or money or whatever for it. Yeah. They have some uh, really good prizes and more. Adabox, we're going to be shipping the next one in October. It is almost already full, so if you it's haven't already... It's the Halloween one. Yeah, go You're to... You're going to like it. Go to adabox.com and sign up now. We will run out well before that. So. And let me tell you, with the silicon shortage... If I have the parts to make the Adabox, the subscribers get them. Other people may not. So if you want, yeah. if you want to get the coolest new thing that everyone's going to have in October, you got to sign up. Um, let me tell you about what it's like to be my inbox. Hi, Phil. Can I have 1,000 chips? I'll do anything for these 1,000 chips. I know you have some chips. Okay, you're saying you don't have chips, but can you double check? Is there any? You surely there's this like chips. So um, we, yeah. don't, we don't do back orders on Adafruit stuff because we like to ship what we have. And then when you order something, you know it's going to ship. But Adabox is the closest thing. So an Adabox will get delivered to you. So if you want to get kind of the one. latest thing that we're going to have, that is it. And the way we do it now, we don't have any leftovers. We sell through. Chip, chip, chip. We're done. We're done. Okay. Uh, next up. Every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we have Lab Notes with Colin. I'm going to play a couple of them, and we'll see you on the other side. Wondering why your battery's dead even though you haven't been using it? Even when left completely disconnected, all batteries will slowly lose their charge over time, and certain battery chemistries will self-discharge faster than others. While they're great for frequent use, some nickel metal hydride batteries can lose 30% of their capacity per month just sitting around. 
That's why it's best not to use those in your smoke detector or emergency flashlights. Stick to alkalines there. Lithium polymer and lithium ion are much better at retaining charge, but can still lose several percent monthly. On a side note, most rechargeable lithium polymer batteries will ship with only 50% charge for safety. Just top them up for a few hours upon arrival. In the end, your best bet for battery longevity is still alkaline, with an average shelf life of 5 years. It's hard to beat the classics. When the desoldering pump and solder wick just aren't cutting it, you might be tempted to try heating all the component pins at once and just giving the part a good yank. Yeah, it might work, but you might also damage the board if the solder cools too quickly. What we need is some slow style solder that stays fluid longer. Chipquick's desoldering alloy does exactly that. It's marketed for use on service mount components, but it works fine for through-hole parts too. Apply flux to the component leads to clean and prep the surface. Then melt a little bit of alloy on each pin. It doesn't take much to work. Once heated, the solder will stay molten for several seconds. Plenty of time to pull the part out. Clean up with solder wick and some flux remover or alcohol. And the dishes are done. If you look closely at a board's traces, you may be surprised at the variety of shapes and styles you find. Against the mostly straight lines, these folded curves look a little strange. But they start to make more sense when you consider the tight timing constraints required by the board's fast processor. With signals potentially operating in the gigahertz range, trace length becomes an important variable. If the trace is too short, you may have, say, a clock signal arriving too early at an input pin. So by simply extending the length of a trace, a signal can be delayed to better synchronize with the rest of the board and meet those tough timing constraints. And all those rounded corners ensure that the trace maintains a consistent width and consistent signal characteristics as a result. Alright, help wanted jobs.adafruit.com is where you can post your skills or if you're a company, find great talent. This week, big job on the jobs board that we're featuring Open Whoa. Hardware Summit Chair. That's right. That's a big one. So if you want to help run the Open Hardware Summit, which is going to be in New York City next year, you can. And here's the job um, you can go to jobs.adafruit.com. But just a quick overview, Open Source Hardware Association is looking for a chair for the annual Open Hardware Summit set for April 22nd, 2022 in NYC at NYU. Excellent opportunity to help shape the first in-person summit since 2019. Been a while. So let's uh, find folks to do this. We'll be there because it's like down the street from us. So that's another fun reason to get this job. But anyways, they're paying. It's a contract role. Check it all out, and you can see all of the details and more. And they've done this for many years. This isn't like you're not going to be heading into this totally You were at the first one. Yeah, I did keynote so at the first one. You so know, you know it's good then. Yes. Okay. It's been fun every time I've gone. All right, next up. It's Python on Hardware time. Okay. Blinka, blinka, blinka. All right, lots happening in the world of Python. Tons. Tons. Okay, this week I'm going to go through uh, a little bit of the newsletter my pick, and then 
not really breaking news, but it's, it's making the rounds today. So I want to talk about that. So anyways, um, if you're into Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi has new documentation online. They're doing a really cool thing with um, uh, GitHub. So people can even do updates and more on it, which I yeah. thought was kind of cool. Um, so check that out. Uh, we'll talk about the notable uh, women business owners, hence the code earlier. Yeah. Um, you can check out these cool companies. We had a Circuit Python Day recap. You can check out all the videos. We did live videos. We had an AMA on Reddit, show and tell. There's a bunch going on. It's all in one spot. Um, Lady Ada did an interview about the chip shortage. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, we have, uh, why is there so many shortages in the U.S.? So we sent this out to not only our team, because um, we talk about the very specific things for Adafruit, but why are things happening around the world with a chip shortage? You can check this out, and it's, I'll, I'll, I hope I don't spoil the ending. It's not exactly COVID-related. Uh, oh, no, it didn't help. Yeah, Python and Visual Studio. There's new updates for the August 2021 update. State of Python 2021. Check this out. Um, Real Python yeah. podcast. With, you know, yep. And all the normal roundups and more. Tons Keeps. of keyboard stuff. Yeah. Mine's uh, DefCon badge. It actually doesn't run MicroPython, but it has a U- teeny UFT bootloader, which is cool. Yeah. That's like, so right now, if we're seeing new hardware out there, if we see hardware out there, it's either running CircuitPython, MicroPython, and or the... Teeny UFT or teeny USB or teeny USB, yeah. yeah. There seems to be like here's the easiest. Yeah, no, teeny USB is here to stay. For yeah, sure. it's cool. and it's and it's uh, it's free. It's open source, and uh, we like to see more people being able to use their electronics easier. So that's the uh, that's the newsletter of the week. I wanted to do my my pick of the week, and that is the Adafruit MacroPad RP2040 review, the ultimate DIY keypad. Oh. This is from Tom's Hardware. And they did a review of it, and I just want to... Uh, oh, they put, some, they put some jade clicks on there. Yeah, so what's cool nice about this is um, we didn't know about this. They bought it. They reviewed it. They posted it up. Great for productivity and easy to customize. Um, our verdict, track design, built-in speaker, routing encoder, and scanning. Circuit Python support with helpful tutorials. Stem QT connector, customizable, RGB. And uh, not height adjustable. That's actually... You have to have a separate case. You have to have a separate case. And then screen not color. Yeah, of course not. Well, you know, it's interesting. Well, first off, there's a TFT shortage, which is one of the reasons I didn't go to the color screen. But also a lot of macro pads use OLEDs, and I kind of wanted to stay true to that style. Yeah. So here is... I'm glad they liked it. Yeah, they really liked it. And we're seeing a lot of people use this um, for things that we expected and things that we didn't. Yeah, you want me to do a thing for you. We have a lot of things. They like the artwork, too. silk on the back, all sorts of stuff. So... That's the Python on hardware news uh, from the newsletter. The, in the next newsletter, though, you're going to see some neat stuff, including this project. And I think Todd's in the chat. So this is really neat. And um, I'm going to just uh, quote uh, Todd here. Last week, I wrote a present to myself. This asteroids-like game in CircuitPython. It runs just about on any board. Currently, MacroPad, Funhouse, and PyBadge. It's fun. One code file for three different microcontrollers and three different displays. CircuitPython is amazing. So this kind of shows everything that we're working on and kind of like one or two tweets or videos. Um, and then also Todd mentions, by the way, it also runs on the open hardware summit badge, which is that job I talked about earlier Ooh. that you could do. Yeah. Um, but it's basically four different microcontrollers, four different screens. So NRF 52A40, ESP 32S2, RP2040 and the SAMD51. Uh, so here's uh, some photos of it. I like that it works well on monochrome or and, uh, color screens. Yeah, and this is that promise from a long time ago of like Genie and Java, like write once, run everywhere. We're getting close to this, and I really like that no matter what the screen size is, no matter what the input is, um, one code file works on all these things. So um, I'm going to play these little videos uh, back to back. You can kind of hear Todd talking about it, but I wanted to show you what this is, and it's called, um, 
Asteroids? Or it's, uh, oh, steroids. Steroids. Yeah. Oh, I like the idea of playing a game with the, the macro pad. Or on your funhouse. So give it up for Todd in the chat, because this is, you know, sometimes someone does the so thing that you're like, oh, yeah, on. like, that explains exactly multiple what we've been up CPU to. CPU architectures, multiple different display types, all the same code. Oh, yeah, I also got it working on the Oshawa badge, which makes it a fourth type of display and a fourth so, type of okay. CPU. <laughs> That's Python hardware. Nice job, Toddbot. Yeah. Okay, next up. Next up, Open Source Hardware. We're Open Source Hardware Company. Congratulations, Lady Ada. You made it to the Cranes New York Business 2021 Notable Women Business Owners. Um, you made the list. You're notable. Thanks. Hence that code. Oh. Notable. Oh, yeah. That's the code for not. Yeah. Cool. Or if you go to a restaurant, no table. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Or not able. True. Okay. Uh, next up, chip shortages, challenges maker manufacturers. You were quoted in IEEE. Amongst all of the uh, maker companies. Many companies, yes. Yeah. Not just me. It was SparkFun. It was Arduino. I like. I thought it was cool that they actually got a bunch of different Yeah. Companies. They kind of said the same thing, sort of, baby. Yeah. Well, Arduino said they have no shortages. Everything's fine. So good on them. They did say they had to do some redesigns. Yeah. Um, Adafruit, as you more, has a quote, Hi. talked about the great search as one of the shows that we do. Arduino, they have plenty of chips. Uh, Pololu, SparkFun. And uh, check it all out. So if you want, because I think in the past people have said like, oh, how are all these other companies doing? Well, there's an article with uh, a lot of them that you know. So check that out. Okay. Next up, we are an open source hardware company. Uh, to prove it, we have uh, 400 and something certified boards yes. on Oshawa. We just did 30 more. Yeah, we're almost up to 500, but we also have 2,522 guides. What's on okay. the big board this we week? Okay, we got some MacroPad guides this week. None Pedro off this week. They'll be back next week with more projects and guides. Um, but they did do um, how to make DIY decorative resin keycaps. We have um, some resin keycap molds in the shop and people are like, well, how do I use these? And uh, I kind of, I messed around a little bit, but I didn't have yeah, we have a video coming up. We have a video, but so. basically UV resin and a couple little techniques and tips. Uh, it actually is really easy to, to, to make cool keycaps. Um, Dylan uh, did a project, a lot of people, well, you can also use it with the macro pad, but you know, if you want to use rubber ducky scripts, these are common um, like script text files that let you automate um, key, HID key inputs. Um, Dylan wrote a whole library that lets you point it at a rubber ducky text file and it will then like do it in CircuitPython. You can just drag the file onto the um, disk drive that CircuitPython is. So this is really handy. Um, showing with the NeoTrinky, which I thought would be a great uh, little, you know, miniature LED plus capacitive touch um, HID driver chip. And there's also from Melissa, uh, this is a mega guide. Check this out. This is a very advanced guide uh, showing, you know, people are like, well, what, I wanted, what if I want to have like my macro pad connect to something on the internet? Because it it's not, doesn't use a Wi-Fi mech control, it uses an RP2040. Well, the answer is um, you absolutely can, but you have to kind of do this thing where you have procedure calls that are sent from CircuitPython to a computer it's attached to and then out to the internet. And so she shows how to do that um, having the macro pad connect to her computer, but then she uses her computer as a gateway to control Home Assistant. So she can like turn on and off lights and like change the brightness with a rotary encoder via um, remote procedure calls in CircuitPython and CPython. Okay, next up. Main York City factory footage, take it away, Adafruit Factory.
And it wouldn't be main New York City factory footage unless you can see where your Disney Plus subscription money goes to. And that's the Disney building across the street. All right, next up. Feature printing with Noah Pedro. We're going to play these videos back to back. They were off today, but 3D Hangouts returns next week. Let's play Meanwhile. their project video and then their speed up this week. Keycaps. Hey what's up folks, in this project we're resin casting keycaps for mechanical keyboards like the Adafruit macro pad. Resin casting keycaps is a really fun way to level up your keyboard making skills. We experimented with adding colored pigments, glitter, and even some components like resistors and googly eyes. You can make your own set of keycaps with these silicone molds and UV curable resin. To keep it simple, all you really need is the keycap molds, some UV resin, and a UV lamp for curing. We designed and 3D printed our own mini UV lamp a while back, which is just the right size for these silicone molds. Start by adding a small amount of resin to the bottom of the mold, which will become the very top surface of the keycap. Begin to spread the resin using a silicone pick to cover up the bottom of the mold. You want to poke around a bit to get rid of any air bubbles and make sure the resin has filled up the bottom. Before we can add more resin, you'll want to cure the bottom layer first so it's hardened. Use a tray with a flat surface to avoid the mold from sagging and let it sit for about 3 minutes. Once hardened, we can start to embed our components. Just be sure not to add too much stuff or things that are too big. After adding our fun bits, we can add more resin so they're fully submerged and covered up. A few more minutes of curing is needed to ensure each layer is getting hardened. Once again, we'll add more resin on top. This time we can start to add mica powder using a silicone spoon. You want to mix and stir it up nicely so the pigment blends into the resin. This also helps get rid of any air bubbles. Next, we'll need to add a dab of resin to the stem inside the second part of the mold. You'll want to allow the resin to seep down into the pocket and add more resin to fill it up. Once filled, you can then begin to place the second part of the mold on top of the first mold. Here you want to be very careful and precise with your placement so they're properly aligned. Notice some of the resin is overfilled and spilling out. It's a good sign that you have used enough resin and if it's not overfilling, you might not have enough. Back into the UV lamp, you want to give each side 5 minutes and turn it over to cure both sides. Once ready, we can begin to separate the molds and carefully pull out our keycap. Any excess resin or molding flash will need to be removed and can be trimmed away. We used our flush snips, just be sure to angle it down when cutting so the flash doesn't fly across the room. You'll find the surface is a bit tacky so you can use some alcohol to remove some of the stickiness. 
we have the keycap over a paper towel and a squirt bottle to make it easier to apply. You'll want to apply alcohol to all of the surfaces. And there you have it! Resin casted keycaps are really fun and definitely approachable. We hope this inspires you to try out resin casting and hope this helps you learn the techniques with some of our tips and tricks. So what ideas do you have for keycaps? You can let us know in the comments below and be sure to share your projects with us on Adafruit's weekly show and tell. Don't forget, next week, Dumb Patrol will be back. 3D Hangouts. Okay, Lee Date, it is time. You ready? Yep. This week's Ion MPI brought to you by Digikini Ada Fruit is from Maxim Integrated. What is yeah. this week's Ion MPI, Lady okay. Ada? This week's Ion MPI is the Maxim Max 22530. Mm -hmm which is a, um, oh, sorry. It's a um, analog digital converter to four channel ADC. And it's an isolated ADC that also has like a built-in DC-DC converter on chip, um, as well as five uh, kilovolts isolation voltage. And so it solves a very particular problem, which I've actually seen where you want to measure power or data or you know, signal or whatever, or some monitoring in a system that has um, a lot of noise in it, maybe it has motors, or maybe it's floating, or maybe it's, you know, it's, it's, the voltage is, is different than your earth voltage. Um, and in that case, you know, sometimes you'll isolate your entire system, but this allows you just to isolate um, the analog data acquisition part. So, uh, it's actually, it's a wide SOIC. Um, SYC 16, and I'll, I'll show you actually, because this is, this is like uh, rendering that they've got is um, like a narrow one. But um, oh, inside is um, a four channel ADC. And um, a lot of people, you know, when you have a microcontroller, you'll use the ADC in the microcontroller. So for example, um, you've got a um, Atmega328, or you've got a SAMD21, or you've got an STM32. Those have built in ADCs. And um, often those are, are they're fairly good. They're 10-bit ADCs, maybe 12-bit. Um, they can usually run about 100 uh, kilosamples per second. Um, if you are running something like a Raspberry Pi and you need an external ADC, um, you can use something like this, which is an I squared C, or there's also SPI um, ADCs that, you know, this one gives you four channels input, cost a couple bucks. Um, but uh, like I said, uh, these are not isolated. So you'll see at the bottom of this breakout to the left, it says like VDD, ground, and then SEL, SDA, you know, alert, whatever, A0, A1, A2, A3. Um, you know, sometimes you'll have an a, a ref, you'll have a reference voltage, but that ground is the ground. Like the ground is a single ground, is the data ground, is the everything ground. There's only one ground line. Whereas if you uh, look at the um, layout for the max 22, 
530. Um, you've got, um, you see on the right hand side, there's the microcontroller and there's the SPI port where you can see like, you know, clock data in, data out, um, and then interrupt and whatever. And then there's the logic circuit, the thing that, um, you know, con the, the, the logic interface that actually drives the SPI. And then you see that dashed line in the middle, that's the isolator. So there's a, inside there's a galvanic isolator um, that connects between the left side, which is the analog input, and uh, the right side, which is the, the, the data, uh, the digital signal. And on the left side, you can see, you know, you can measure whatever analog uh, circuit you want. And um, the bottom, you know, where you see there's the ground L and the, the ground, sorry, the ground F. So those are two totally separate grounds. And then also the power supplies are, are totally separate. And what I really like about this ADC in particular is um, at the bottom, you can see it says like micro power DC DC. Um, that's a DC-DC converter that's built in. It doesn't give you a ton of current. I think it gives you like, uh, sorry, one second. It gives you, um, you know, three to five volts and it gives you, I think, you know, 10 milliamps or something. It's not like a, a super powerful, um, it's like seven to 10 milliamps. It's not a super powerful DC-DC uh, converter, but it's just enough that you can do like the reference voltage and powering the ADC without having to have that like, a separate supply. So it kind of takes care of a lot of stuff for you. It makes it really easy for you to do um, isolated ADC measurements. Um, for the isolation, it's got 500, uh, sorry, 5,000 volt RMS um, uh, uh, insulation rating. So, uh, you know, you can definitely use this no matter what like medical or industrial purposes you've got. Um, there's four channels, so you can, you know, do four single channel, or you can, of course, do uh, differential if you need. And here's another thing that I thought was really neat. I always like looking at these. I think we covered a industrial DAC um, a few weeks ago or a few months ago. And what I really like is not just like, okay, it's isolated. It's got the DC-DC supply. Um, it's got, uh, uh, you know, uh, separate grounds, it's got, you know, whatever, but the SPI itself has um, multiple little details in it that make it um, so that, you know, when you're using it, it's not just SPI data in and um, signal out, you've got like framing errors. So if you have like a, a bit flip in your SPI clock or like a, a glitch, or um, it has CRC data, so when you're reading data, if they're, you know, your, your sample wrong or something, you'll be able to use that CRC data to let you know that in your noisy situation, like your robot or whatever, um, you're still gonna get uh, proper data. Um, there is an eval board available, which I picked up, and actually this chip is in stock, which, which is amazing. Um, and uh, the eval board's kind of nice. It has a FT2232, uh, USB to serial, sorry, USB to SPI converter. Um, so you plug it in, there's Windows software available that you can use to um, uh, you know, read the data and um, set the registers. And like Maxim does a very nice job where they kind of have everything available for you. So if you, you know, what I like about this is it's not like the fanciest sensor. It's not the, you know, the whatever, a new microcontroller with like Wi-Fi, but it does do one thing and it does it really, really well. If you're doing, an ADC and um, you need to, you know, measure a motor or an industrial situation or, you know, whatever, something where your, your power supplies can't touch, you don't want to have a signal 
coming in, um, you know, from your loud, messy robot into your microcontroller, you can just use this and like, it doesn't take any extra effort. You don't have to set up a separate, you know, isolated power supply. It kind of does it all. Um, and a good price too. And here's the best part. It's in stock. So is it can, really? It is. This is what like, I have to pick my eye on MPIs in a way that uh, you yeah. can get it. I will say, um, just so you know, the, the photo of this is, is incorrect. It's an SOIC chip. Um, right. But it available is in stock. Digi available at DigiKey. Um, and there's a couple other versions that are available too. Like this, I think, is this, the, the, the first one, the 22530. There's also the 22531 and the 22532. Um, and it, those are, oh, hi. Those are very similar. Thank you for, yeah. we had an exciting camera situation, but now we have a fixed camera. This is the yeah. um, bore. This is the chip, this is what it looks like. You can see it's a kind of a thick. You'll notice that a lot of isolated chips use um, uh, wide SOICs, and then there's a QR code you can use to download. Yeah. Live while we were on video, oh, the yeah. uh, overhead that we used decided to die, right? I, I held it in my arms and it died. But that's okay, um, nothing's gonna stop us. Yeah, you could see it's just like, no signal, but you can't stop the signal you here. You can't stop at on MPI. So uh, while Lady Ada was showing this, um, I have another thing that I plugged in, and it didn't destroy everything. So that is this week's INPI. Pick these up. These Here's look a short great. URL, and uh, nothing's going to stop us from doing INPI every week. So uh, let me uh, let me get us out of this, and I'll, I'll show what happened. Okay. Hi, All right, cool. So we use an overhead that um, it's really good, but I'll tell you why I don't like it. Because it dies in the middle of a show. No, I've had this. For, <laughs> I've had this for a year or so, and this is the. Uh, I wonder if it overheated. Well, no, it's it's this. So it's the hover cam, and it's the ultra one. And I'll tell you why I don't like it because it's a tablet. It's basic. It's it's just this giant Android machine. And so right now it's an unending loop of it. It powers up and powers itself down because yeah. Android's like, oh, it's you should just power down. So it just goes. It goes into a loop forever. Never seen this happen before. I'm gonna see if I can do we anything with it. We have one from it. home, right? We can bring that one in. Yes, we've been doing a hybrid Remember, show. Remember, always pick up two of anything have, you use yeah. for a show because it's gonna die in the middle of the show. I didn't have one to swap out here, but I do have a webcam that uh, is good enough for what we're gonna do with the rest of the evening. Okay, so. all right, well that was INMPI. Super exciting, okay, so before we get to the new products, Coast Notable, 10% off in the Adafruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m., buy something from us so I can replace this. <laughs> I know. This is what, so I can replace the overhead. Um, let's, uh, let's kick off some new products. Okay. So this week, new products, let's start off with. Okay. Well, we put in these Choco keys um, a few, uh, a week ago or two, and now we have the keycaps to go with it. I'll show both at the same time. So maybe let's show the photos, because actually the, the photos yeah. are you can You good. can flip through yeah, these. Yeah, I can do this. All right. So um, the, the chocolate keys are, they're not Cherry MX compatible. These are different pinout. They're different size. They don't snap into this. They're totally different, but they're really slim because the switch goes to the side, um, not from uh, the, the top and bottom. Um, and uh, so you can't, also the keycaps are different too. The keycaps have like these two little nubs instead of like the normal cross shape. I know it looks like there's a cross shape, but it actually uses these two little nubs 
instead. Um, but, you know, the good news is Kale, who makes the chocolate switches, um, and we stock the white clickies and the red linears. They're also like, okay, well, we also sell keycaps because obviously these are, these are a little rare because um, they don't use the standard. So we have clear, crystal clear ones, which are, which are they're just really clear. You can put LEDs underneath them, I guess, and you can maybe label them. Um, they work great with all the uh, chocolate switches. And this is what they look like from the top. And they also have opaque black ones. Um, I kind of like these. They're, they're a little chiclet looking. Um, very slim. Um, also like the uh, clear ones. They have these. You can see the two nubs on the bottom. Um, the two nubs click into the chocolate switches. And so you get clear or black. These are like the really the two options. There's also uh, like a pale white, but I didn't really like the pale white color. So these are the two options for the Chaco switches I got. All right. um, switches are sold separately than the keycaps, so you need both. Here's our replacement overhead. Let's, there uh, you go. <laughs> you want to try this out? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it works. Okay. So yeah, this is very, yeah, very just, slim. You'll just have to show it that way. I think this is, this is fine. Okay, yeah. so that's Chaco switch caps. All right, All right, let's keep going. Next up. We did that one. Oh, you already yeah, did this one? Okay, I was, I was... No, uh, no, no, you were, you were busy. I was setting up stuff. Okay, so next up we have three things. They're all kind of the same, so I'm going to talk about them all at once. So if you're making keyboard stuff, oftentimes people are like, okay, I'm going to use some acrylic or some PCB, and maybe if I have a 3D printer, I'll 3D print something. But I noticed that I could pick up some enclosures, and these are like kind of generic enclosures for keyboards. Now, I'll say they're not inexpensive because they're milled aluminum and they're anodized and they have, you know, they're, they're kind of custom made. But if you would like to um, make a four key or a two key or a four by four key um, keypad with either custom PCB or by free wiring, you can free wire to these. Um, I kind of like these uh, enclosures because they're like very rugged, they're durable, they look really good. Um, and then we, you know, again, we don't have CAD files. We don't try to get CAD files, but we do have measurements that we've taken for you so you can um, design a PCB or, like I said, you can free wire it. So let me show maybe. Hold on. So I'm, I'm going to be creative yeah. as well. Yeah, new, new overhead is new. Okay. So this is just a demo of what it's going to look like. So you, for these, um, you do use Cherry MX switches, and they snap in very nicely, and so you get four keys. And, and you see it is, it is quite nice. Like, it's much nicer than having a raw PCB. And then on the bottom here, um, there's some have two screws, some have one. Yeah, and you I'm going use, to. Uh, on, I gotta, no, I know. I I'm gonna. What are you doing? Well, I'm just. Uh, are you gonna do stuff? I gotta. I'm just adding some Look, things here. Look, nothing is gonna stop us. We are a gift. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna so, open this up. Here we go. Okay, so unscrewing this. These I think are M2s. So this is a plastic piece underneath. You can see that there's a little bit of height available. So yes, you can have a PCB and the PCB will sit nice and flat. There's little standoffs. Or to be honest, you know, there's enough room in here. You can just like touch wire, you know, solder wires to the, the pads to a mic controller and then just like tape it to the bottom of here sticking out. And then, you know, it, it's, you just have to glue it well enough or tape it down enough and then just don't yank on it. But um, you wouldn't even have to create a custom PCB. You could just use this as an enclosure. And once it's closed up, you know, who knows who cares? And on the side here, you can see there's a, a slot for a USB-C or, or micro-B. And um, let's show the two up, one next. Yeah, they're, they're not all the same. They're, they're different in style, but um, similar enough, I thought I'd, I'd show these together. So this one also has a screw. 
uh, an anodized aluminum. It comes in black. Just two keys, but you know, like you said, you just wanted a two-key macro pad. One, yeah. two, one, two, one, two. I need that. Um, bottom has a key, and then again, you might have to bend the, the, the pins a little bit, but you you definitely have enough depth to, to well, actually, stick I used a... to need that because I was one of the things I was going to do is like switch different cameras, but you know, yeah, yeah, you can't anymore because no. you don't have cameras. No. Um, also, <laughs> nice little enclosure. Okay, so that's this one. So so let me put that to the side. And then last but not least is the Mega. This one's really big. I'm going to have to tilt up. Thank you for this nice yeah. camera holder. I, I constructed a overhead system here. No, you're 100% you're <laughs> on, you're on top yeah, of me. Thank I'm, you. I'm on it. Um, and this is uh, the 4x4, um, which, I, of course, is going to give you a full 4x4 keypad. And this one is really fancy. It's got, like, a flip-top angle adjuster. You know, people like they want an yeah. adjustable angle. Um, and then uh, also has a really nice big uh, slot for USB connector. For this one, I think it's it's the you know the cable is deep enough here I like that this one. you would actually let me tilt this up. I actually kind of like this one because you can tilt it. You'd probably have the cable actually go in and just you know you just maybe glue it or something. Yeah. Um, but this one it's really it's quite hefty. Yeah, it has a really nice feel. This is a very fancy keyboard enclosure. And um, if anyone out there does get one of these and you do do a model of this or, um, you, know, a, a, you know, what size PCB you would use, uh, do let us know. And then on the bottom, you can, you can see that there's a plate and then you just free wire um, inside. We're also going to have uh, JP picked up one of our Orthopads and um, uh, try it out and see if it'll fit nicely in here. But this is, this is, this would be pretty sweet. Nice. I'm, I really want this. Anyways, so that's the uh, two, four and four by four anodized aluminum enclosures for making your own DIY keyboards. All right, and okay. the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, our team, and... Um, yeah, do you want to flip to the... And the ability to uh, make overhead cameras. Yeah, <laughs> on the fly. On the fly, is... The SCD40 and 41. Okay, again, everything comes in pairs today. So this is a two for one, so let's just go through and, and show all the pictures. So there's the SCD40, and then there's the SCD41, and they look identical, except that one has 41 on the top and one has 40 on the top. Why have both? Well, they're, they're two sensors of the same family, and they're slightly different quality, and so they're slightly different prices. Both of them are CO2, temperature, and humidity sensors. That's right. Inside is a CO2 photoacoustic sensor. It's a true CO2 sensor. There's also a temperature and humidity sensor uh, from Sincerion, who makes the sensor. Um, all together, and it's very tiny and cute, and it has a PTFE filter on the top. Don't remove that white filter that you see. That's not a, you know, that's not a, uh, a pick-and-place tab. That's a PTFE filter to keep your sensor from getting uh, dirt and dust into it. It passes. It's not, um, it's not a through. screen protector that you should remove. Yeah, yeah. Do not, uh, do not remove that, <laughs> as, right. as we have learned. Um, okay, so you want to show the demo? Oh, no, let, let's keep going. Let's uh, stick here. So, oh, yeah. it, so the sensor is on the middle, and um, it's a CO2, uh, true CO2 sensor. It is the next generation of the SCD30, which you might be familiar with. The SCD30 is an NDIR CO2 sensor, which is really popular. It's one of the few affordable um, true CO2 sensors that can measure CO2 um, uh, parts per million in air. And it is not an approximation, it's the real thing. Um, the SCD40 shown here, I think it does 400 to 2000 ppm. And then the SCD41, which again, looks totally identical, is 400 to 5000 ppm. 
Now, most humans don't live in anywhere near 5,000 ppm. I think you'd actually get kind of sick at that point. Um, so the 5,000, up to 5,001, that's what you would use for, a, you know, industrial or scientific or, or some other environment where it's like, it's in a machine or something. It's where not humans are not. Um, and so you have to measure above 2,000. But if you're just um, doing, you know, a, a, the most common thing, which is you want to measure indoor um, CO2 sensing for, you know, is there air, how's the air quality, is there airflow, um, are, you, are you making sure you have enough oxygen, the SCD40 will do a perfectly fine job. That said, if there's a shortage, the SCD40 is out of stock, the SCD41 is just that much better. So let's go to the overhead, I got a little demo here. Um, so like uh, many of our sensors, it's I squared C. Hold on, I gotta adjust this. Yeah. This is, this is fun. Our, we're, we're this is our homemade, homemade overhead. overhead. Um, so this is, oh boy, this is not liking the OLED. Okay. So hopefully this will work out. Oh no, live demo. Hold on. There you go. Why is it saying 114 ppm? All right, it has to wake up. It takes a, it takes a little bit of time to wake up. But um, the SCD40, uh, we put it on a STEM and QT board, so it's got uh, the sensor, and then on the side, um, you've got the um, plug-and-play I2C connectivity, so you can use it with Arduino or CircuitPython. Um, I wrote the CircuitPython library, it's pretty straightforward. The Arduino library actually comes from Sincerion. Uh, they published um, their own library, which is great. And um, you've got humidity, 49%, you've got temperature, you know, 28% or so, and then, um, the PPM, I breathed on it, so it spiked up pretty high. But this will measure, I think, once every five seconds. Um, again, from 400, which is outdoors, you know, 400-ish, to indoors, you're gonna get up to like about 1,000, again, maybe up to 2,000 if uh, it's a little stuffy indoors. Um, but why use this instead of the SCD30? Well, it's a lot smaller, for one. Um, you can fit it in more spaces. It doesn't, I think it uses less power overall. Um, unlike the NDIR, which I think has to like heat up and do a lot of work, this one um, is much smaller and lower power, and it can even go into, uh, the SCD41 can go into a low power mode. So basically, you know, SCD30 does the job, it's reliable, people really like it, uh, but the SCD40 is the new generation, and especially if you want something wearable or small or portable, um, this one is much, much tinier than the SCD30, and it works just as well, it's got everything um, same built in. Uh, but much more compact, and uh, we have it plug-and-play with Python and Arduino support. So it's great for adding air quality sensing to your project. And that's new products. Can't stop, won't stop. All right, so we have uh, one bit of top secret. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's not really top secret now. Um, actually, Jepler asked, how did those panels turn out that we did? And that's the top secret for, uh, for now. So yeah. I'm going to show that. So they, they turned out good enough. Yes, we're, we're working on all sorts of new stuff, but we wanted to get some uh, older projects out the door. And so the SCD40, you know, we, we actually designed this. If you remember, people watched Desklady. We designed this months yeah. ago. We finally got the sensors in. And uh, this is pretty scary because this is a panel that's $1,000 worth of chips. These chips are very expensive, the SCDs. Um, so this is what it looks like before you put it in the oven. And I checked it over very carefully. Uh, but turns out they all passed tests, so it was a successful win, and we're going to go uh, put them in the store. You can pick them up tomorrow. 
What's top secret this week? Who? Okay, we're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Channel 30,000 of us. Let's go over to the questions. Um, there was some question, there was a question earlier about like what type of keycaps. If you could, I think, Doctor, you posted it up. If yeah, we had an exciting again. show. So if, post your questions again in case. If you I didn't get to your question, yeah, I had to go we and were, uh, we I had were, to run cables and do things. You, you, we were like rebuilding the yeah. starship. Uh, can I get an eagle file for an individual key from the 30-key ortho keyboard? I need a way to rearrange them for an isomorphic hex keyboard, which has 96 keys. The keys are hexagonal, not square. Yeah, so you can download the ortho PCB, and you'll see how I do it. Each key is actually a single object, because otherwise it would have been such a nightmare to route the whole thing that I actually, like, have one eagle cad object that contains the LED, the switch, and the diode and the capacitor and the resistor. So it, it you, you know, you can extract it from the EagleCAD board file, but it's, it's not, you'll have to mess with it to make it do what you want. Okay. Um, will there be a version of MacroPad that is a full-size keyboard? I don't know. It wouldn't be a MacroPad. It would be gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see us do um, a full-size keyboard. Um, it'll just be really expensive, and then we're in. Now we're in a different. We're in we're a different, different category. Like we like to have stuff where, it's not super expensive. It's good value, but a full size keyboard would be pretty expensive. Okay, uh, let's see. I've been meaning to ask about replacements for the HT one six K three three. Um, I think that uh, AC makes a couple of chips that do similar. But I like the HT. I like the whole text. I don't think they're discontinued. They're still available. There's just a chip shortage right now. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is a ST4 license worth it? Don't know what ST4 is. Oh. SolidWorks. SolidWorks. ST4. No. ST. I don't know. Star. Star S Trek Four. Star Trek Four. I don't know. License. Okay. okay. Questions for the show. I love the TPL five five one zero TPL one one boards. Is there a breakout that can do two things? One monitor signal state change, like a magnetic switch opening. Then once open, it would source power to the microcontroller. Then two, keep it for at least X seconds, regardless if the signal state changes, hopefully around 20 microamps. Yeah, I mean, that, the TPL is the closest I've found to that, right? It's not, it's not perfect, but it does do a reset based on a, you know, you can trigger it with by, by touching the pin to VDD and you're going to have that be your lead switch. Okay. Uh, question from earlier. Thanks for reposting. Is there a best brand of MX compatible switch or is it basically all preference? It's really all preference. Um, anything on the market's good. I, I cannot tell the difference between most of them. I like the KL switches. Of course, Cherry MXs are great. Some people like Gatorons. Um, you can go to the keyboard reddits and discords and believe me, you know, go there and post this and, and you will you'll regret it because everyone will tell you their opinion. Um, it's like, what's your favorite shoe? It's like, I like sandals, feels like boots. You know, what are you gonna do? Is there a chance that there's gonna be a LiPo backpack style board for the cutie pie? I think Scare makes one. In Oak the chat, Tech? I yeah. Think Oak Tech makes I think you one. can actually buy one from- Yeah, uh, check out building, Tindy. Uh, building part of the ecosystem of all yeah. the things. Um, are the black chalk keycaps laser engravable? Everything's laser engravable. It's just how successful is it going to be? I, I suspect that it's made from ABS plastic, and so I think you'll, it'll, it might be a little stinky. Uh, if you have a fiber laser, yeah, I could probably mark it. 
If it's a CO2 laser, I don't know. You're going to have to just try it out and, and see what happens. I haven't done it. Okay. Uh, JP has an opinion about the uh, keys. He says, chocks fit an MX plate pretty well, but the plate needs to be thinner, ideally to click in place and grab with its tabs. Okay. Oh, ST4. Sublime text, uh, sublime text 4. Never text use sublime text. But look, if it's something that you're going to use every day, uh, anything is worth it, right? If it saves you any effort. I, I spend money on tools all the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, programmable gain on an isolated A2D. And that's a question, I think. I don't, on the IMPI, I don't think it has programmable gain. Okay. You can do it separately. Uh, new mics. Yeah, we're trying different mic setups, as you can tell. Um, so far, so good. Uh, overhead, same old overhead. But no, well, no, not, not anymore. Not doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I it think was working at the beginning of the night. We were. We, we no, actually, you know, I noticed when I turned it on, the resolution that it sent off. Yeah. It seemed. I was like, that's weird. And then everything was okay. And then when I glanced over, it was going in an unending, powering itself off with this like Android message. And I yeah. think, I think it's one of those things where I'm just like, man, I wish there wasn't an entire. Android operating system in in my camera. Um, that's how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think everything right. is a oh, uh, Nexus so, Seven. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, some folks uh, have some opinions and more for Sublime Text for so. Absolutely. Yeah. Check that out. I use XE backs, so and it's not uh, a good idea. Could the um, thing detect a CO2 laser leak? I think it probably could, okay. but but by the time it's leaking, it's kind of over. Okay, uh, could this be used for detecting like if there's lots of people inside, you know, air yeah, quality sensor? Yeah, it's it's for you know humans emit CO two, so the more people you have inside, you wouldn't be able to count the number of people, but it would tell you if it was if the place was filling up with people okay. and they were breathing a lot. Okay, if we were to re if we were to make a board that we don't make anymore, how many um, would someone need to order of the TSL twenty five? 91. We don't. We don't resuscitate no, old designs. No amount. No amount. Sorry. Okay. But you can um, send the board files off to, you know, there's there's PCB places that will manufacture design. But once we've uh, once we've moved on, we've moved on. That is kind of cool. You can always run files the boards. Files are there. The, yeah. the board files are there. And if you if you give those board files, like EagleCAD files, you send them to anybody who has the part, the parts all labeled and everything. Absolutely, anybody can manufacture for you. It's a very easy, easy board to manufacture. Right. You might even be able to send it to like JLC PCB as is, and they will just run it. And let me hit the other chat. Uh, Discord is the best place to post questions, but um, how low of a temperature could the uh, CO2? Oh, I don't actually survive? know off the top of my head. I think it's like negative 25, but check the data sheet. I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head. Yeah. What are the uh, sensors that we use for our Adafruit air quality? We use the SCD30 because we built them six months ago before the SCD40s were available. Yeah. If I was doing it again, I would probably use the SCD40. Really? But they're both good sensors. They're both good sensors. Yeah, we use we have uh, air quality sensors multiple places on each floor. Um, definitely handy now because you, we wanted to know how many people were breathing. And the air quality is really good and it's something... I think if we can have as much circulation as possible, I think that's one of the things that kept yeah. us safe all this time. It's super raining. It's super raining now. Okay. Well, let me see if there's anything else. I think 
we just got to all the questions. Um, and if that is, I'll do some show wrap-up stuff. Okay. Yep, I think we did. Let me just make sure. Cool. All oh, right, we made it. Got it, got it, got it. Never boring. That's right. Okay, that's our questions for tonight. Thank you, everybody. And that's our show for tonight. Thanks, everybody. Yay! Special thanks to Takara running things behind the scenes. Oh, here's one more. Uh, will there be other versions of Macropad with more or less keys or different versions? Yes, yes, Who yes. Who knows? Yes. Maybe. Uh, will When will the 5x6 snap apart chalkboards be available? Sign up and you'll be notified. Okay. We're, we're making it. more orthopads all the time. I think they sold out very fast. All right. Okay, I think I got to it. Okay. Um, oh, the, it's negative 10C to 60C. Great. All right, we got it. All right, so thank you, everybody. Thank you, Takara. Thank you, everybody behind Yay. the scenes. Thank you, Adafruit team, all of our community, our customers, and more. Um, don't forget the code is notable or no, or table, no table or not able or not able. Any of those things work as a discount code all the way up to 11:59 p.m. tonight. And or not a BLE. Yeah. Yeah. Not a BLE. No. Nota. Not a BLE. Not a. Yeah. Like it's like oh is that Wi-Fi or a BLE? Well, it's not a BLE. Not a BLE. Okay. Uh, so that's it. We'll be here uh, next week. I'll have more cameras and backup cameras just yeah. like I did. This is this is the fill contraption. Yeah, we just, yeah. You look. put this together. Yes, that's right. In like two minutes, good work. That's right. So using stuff to. only found in the Adafruit workshop. Yeah, so he's tricky. Uh, adding new video input sources and in, in live broadcast yeah, and great. stuff like that. Super fun. Super fun. Okay, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye.